Welcome to Milo Time, where we dive into the list of things that Milo loved and spend some time with my beautiful, amazing, awesome, fantastic boy, Milo. Welcome to a very special episode of Milo Time. Daryl Kessler, along with Milo's great friend, Matt Viscardi. Welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me here, Daryl. And Matt, it's a perfect time for you to be here because on the last episode that was on air, our dedicated listeners might remember, we talked about Matt Viscardi as my nominee for the person after whom the MVP trophy in 78th Precinct Flag Football should be named. I greatly appreciated that. And I, I you. assume you agree. I, I, I hope. It's hard not to. <laughs> well, Matt um, is a perfect guest to have here, not only because uh, we just talked about Milo's flag football experience with Matt and all of uh, a good number of his other great friends. Matt's father, Donald, was the coach of that team. Um, but also, indisputably, Matt is one of the things that Milo loved. And as I said, when their great friend James Grayson was here, not the kind of thing that teenage boys usually talk about with one another, but there was a great love between Milo and Matt and Milo and James and all of these uh, great friends from Brooklyn. So, Matt, I want to welcome you onto the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Now, I, I I started with James, and I'd like to start with you also. Just tell a little bit about how you met Milo, your connection to him. Yeah. So it wasn't so much as like a concrete meeting because there was the whole thing with like the Milo, Charlie, like Ben, and then the, the older siblings who were like two years apart, and my older sibling was three years apart, so it didn't really line up like that. But I think it was actually through Oscar Noble where I first started to know them because... Alex Noble and my brother were on the same baseball team, and so I started hanging out with Oscar, and Oscar was, of course, in the 321, like, cult or whatever they refer to it as. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, and I think it wasn't until, like, I vaguely knew all of them. I just see them at, like, brothers' games and whatnot. But then I think it wasn't until sixth grade. I didn't really know Milo just from 51 alone, but I think it was Oscar Noble's sixth grade birthday party. We saw a movie... I can't remember what it was, and then we just went to Oscar's house and just all hung out. And then that was like, it was sort of just me and then all the 321 people. And 320, I don't know if, like, what your perspective on it is, but the 321 gang, like, to this day is just like, I don't know, it's like an enigma to me a little bit. Like, I just <laughs> don't get it. They still talk about it, like, how I talk about, like, high school. But, right. yeah, so they were all in that, like... Charlie Naxon, shout out, brought out the Chuck Flick for the first time, I remember. I think Soren was there too, Milo. So that was just a great time. That was when I really like first like hung out with him. And then it wasn't until like the like latter half of seventh grade and into eighth grade where we really started like hanging out, hanging out like after school, go to Charlie's house for lunch outside of fifty one. And then yeah, in high school just sort of flowed into that. And we were just a squad. So you went to MS-51 middle school with Milo, but that's the yes. only time you went to school with Milo. Yeah, except it really didn't feel like that. Even with our whole friend group, like going to different high schools, like we'd still see each other every day. So that wasn't really a thing. And that is when we got closer. So Yeah. And we've talked about that on previous episodes. Again, not to do a whole dissertation on the New York City school system, but kids go to elementary school based on where they live yeah. and then they apply to middle school and then they apply to high school so often kids you go to elementary school with you don't go to middle school with and then kids you go to middle school with you don't go to high school with yeah. but this group and we've gone through the names a number of times that included 
Matt and James, who we've all met, and Milo, um, remained just great friends throughout yeah. high school, despite the fact that the group of nine or ten of them represented probably five or six different high schools. Yeah, it was great. We had presence all over the city. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, you mentioned seeing a movie um, at Oscar Noble's house, and one thing I did want to mention is that Milo and Matt shared, among many other things, a deep love for films, one that was has really blossomed over the last number of years, and you guys were on Letterboxd very early yeah, and we shared were on that tons of everybody. information with each other. Can you talk about that a little bit? I mean, yeah. Uh, well, because now everyone's sort of into movies and shows. Everyone's doing their own like Letterboxd thing. But like, I was raised on it by my family, and I'm sure, and I know you guys raised Milo on that. So like, we were just sort of the first two to really just like like dedicate a lot of our lives to just like watching everything i think it was really heightened by covid because i know all i did with my brother was just watch movies every day and i know milo did a lot of that too and then so we would just talk about new things we've seen i always love reading um, i know milo's letterbox reviews have been a topic yeah. of conversation but i would always read them and it's honestly like i would use like there are certain ratings i'd use to like determine what i would want to watch and then so I'd go to, like, the IMDb overall rating, and then, like, the second thing I would always check was Milo's letterbox rating for it. Yeah. Because he had a little more sophisticated taste, but it was it generally aligned pretty well. But aside from the movies, like, we were the first ones to, like, knock out, like, sort of the major five shows, like Wire, Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Game of Thrones. Hmm. I wonder what else. I don't know if there's a fifth. That's just... But yeah, and then we would basically, whoever would watch it first, we'd just like constantly be texting the other person about like right. what's going on. Yeah. And yeah. When you think about those movies, because you know, we've often marveled at the fact that it seemed like overnight, Milo went from thinking like Ace Ventura was the greatest movie of all time <laughs> to like movie. really enjoying, you know, like subtitled Korean films. Yeah, I know. And I'm wondering, um, you mentioned COVID, that definitely was some part of the development because we were all sort of home, exactly. homebound and, and finding things to do and watching movies was a really good one. Um, can you remember some of those early movies where you and he maybe uh, looked at a movie for the first time and said, boy, you know, there's more out there than Will Ferrell. Um, not, not that there's anything wrong with Will Ferrell, but there's more out there. Yeah, I know. I think a lot of it was sort of going down the uh, like director rabbit hole, sort of, like choosing movies based off like different directors. Like there's a lot of like David Lynch stuff. I remember Mulholland Drive, which was... One of Milo's favorites. Yeah, one of Milo's favorites. One of, like, the craziest movies of all time. I remember I watched that a little bit into COVID, and then Milo watched it a little later into COVID. And after I watched it, I, like, went straight to YouTube, just, like, explanation videos about the ending. <laughs> and then the second Milo finished it, he called me, and he was just... he picked. I picked up the phone, he was just like, like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> and then I tried to explain it to him, but I honestly, I don't think I did too good of a job. I just sort of handed him off to YouTube to get the same explanation that I did. But, yeah, that was... That so, was Mulholland Drive, um, Synecdoche also? I never saw Synecdoche. You didn't see it. You didn't but see I know, it. I remember Milo saying it was great. Yeah, yeah, he had a similar reaction, I think, to that one, at least when we talked to him about it, that yeah. you sort of watch it, and after it was over, you say, I'm not exactly sure what I just watched. Mm -hmm. Um, any other movies in particular that you guys shared? That um, uh, I, I know you did talk about shows quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, it was a lot of shows. Let me think. Movies. Mm, I know Milo loves City of God, but you told me before we started recording that you've not seen it I yet. know. It's just the subtitles. They just do me in every yeah, time. Yeah. But uh, yeah. no, I know that was one of Milo's favorites, and I'm sure 
that's going to be amazing. Yeah, I'm going to watch yeah. it. I'm going to sign everybody a project um, out there in podcast world. If you have not seen City of God, the great Brazilian film, maybe Milo's all-time favorite. And I know we talked about it on the Letterboxd episode, but get yourself to your TV, find out where it's streaming, and watch it. It is just absolutely phenomenal from yeah. start to finish that's what i'll be doing um matt you know also that we've talked on this show about the infamous trip to rockaway beach and i've posted some of the pictures i think when i was describing it on the episode called rockaway beach i thought that there were more of you there it turns out there were only five of you there i, think, I yeah. guess the pictures now reveal but i i understand you may have a little bit more detail to well, share i mean yeah that was just that was a great night that was a spontaneous decision i think it honestly came like at like maybe like 10 or 11, like when we'd be usually hanging out the night before. And then I remember we went to Soren's house to try to get like a few hours of sleep before we got on the train at like three in the morning. And then there's just this one thing. It's so easy for things to become inside jokes among our friend group because it's just like you say it once and like the real time it happens, it's hilarious. And you say it like 10 more times. <laughs> it gets a little less funny and then like a second or third wave comes in and it's funny again. <laughs> But um, there's just, we were watching Family Guy, and, like, I think it was me and Soren were watching, and then, like, James and Milo were, like, on the ground, like, trying to sleep. And then we were all, like, trying to sleep. We just put it on to sort of, like, pass time. And um, there was, like, I don't know if you watch Family Guy, but they have, like, they do a lot of bits where it just, like, a joke just goes on for, like, a ridiculously long amount of time. And so there's one, like, they were reading off this name, and like the name, like they just read off a bunch of different names for like two minutes or something. And then like it would be silent, all the names were going off, and then we just like burst out laughing in Swords Room. <laughs> like they were saying like Targaryen, like just I don't know, all kinds of all kinds of pop culture references and that. And then that was great. But then um I remember that train ride pretty well because this is just in order sort of like showing like the sort of like mental connection that me and Milo had. Because I remember um I brought a tennis ball that we could play with on the beach, just like throw around. And then, so every time the door, it was an empty train, except for like a few people. And then every time the doors would open, I'd like throw it against the wall of like the subway station, have it bounce back into the car. And and then all my friends were like, man, I don't know about that one. And then, so I kept doing it. I was like, it's fine. And then, so I threw it at this one stop and it hit like the curve to where the subway wall becomes like a poster spot or something and then it just like went like completely sideways and it was just like lost immediately and then we all started laughing and then I kept like I was just pointing out how it wasn't my fault it hit like a like a warp or something and then I uh I was like trying to like desperately like convey that to like Milo, James and Soren and then like there's this other guy sitting right there and then I would just I was just like come on help me out here or something and then that was so me and Milo like laughed about that for a while and even after but like there's just a lot of moments like that like uh I remember one time we were walking up from the 51 deli to Charlie's house and I was eating sour patch I think it was me Milo and Soren maybe and I picked up like this sour patch that was like three sour patches like conjoined or something and I was just like dumbstruck and then like I just like instinctively just like showed like this like like woman or like couple just like walking past like whoa look at this and then milo got a kick out of that and then that was something that we brought up over and over again and then another thing that's sort of in that category is uh like we like you know we call each other assholes and stuff and then like we were just talking about one time how like what is an asshole yeah. like it's it's a hole it's an absence of of space 
And so it would be like nothing. And then so we'd have like this like hand gesture that like implies nothing. We just like sort of like shake our hands and whatnot. And like that would be like what calling someone an asshole is. Like it didn't mean anything pretty much. And then so me and Milo would just like do that hand gesture to each other and then <laughs> just get a kick out of it. Well, that's all awesome stuff. You know, sometimes on this show we focus on big things, but I actually love focusing on the really, really small stuff. Yeah. Um, we do spend a lot of time because they're sort of focused on particularly large issues, whether it's flag football or movies, but it's this little stuff that really are things is, that are yeah. new to me that I'm hearing for the first time that I that I absolutely do, I do love to hear. Now, I understand that there was a different trip that wasn't to Rockaway Beach that was to Coney Island. It was. You just mentioned it before I hit the record button, so I have to ask about it. Yeah, that was a great night. Was it, was it overnight? Well, I don't know anything about well, it. Well, it, James and Milo ended up sleeping at my house after that, and that led to a, another great joke which i'll talk about but uh it was basically i don't know how we got the tickets maybe we just bought them because it's cyclones tickets so they're cheap and then so it was me milo james gus toth and emmett hendry uh shout out yukon for emmett um and then so yeah it was like an empty cyclones game cyclones games have always been fun because like no one's there it's sort of just like a community sort of thing mets farm team sorry but uh and then so, like, it was a great night. Like, we were, like, dancing on top of the dugout with the cheerleaders. Like, it was great. It probably looked a little ridiculous from an outside perspective. And then we, like, went on the field after the game because there was some sort of, like, either firework or base running thing or whatever. And then so we were just, like, bowling, having a great time at Coney Island. And then uh, we were walking, like, exiting the stadium, sort of. And so there are all these vendors who are like packing up and now this has started a tradition of me asking for free food at the end of baseball games <laughs> a man after my own heart exactly and then uh so there's just like this huge humongous garbage bag filled with popcorn uh next to like the popcorn stand or whatever and i think it was probably i think it was gus who actually initiated it but we just like asked because they were going to throw it out at the end of the day so we just asked if we could have it and then they just gave us a garbage bag full of popcorn that we would just <laughs> walk around with but then it almost worked. We took it. We went on some rides after, and uh, I think it was a Thunderbolt. We tried to, uh, I think we went on once, or maybe we hadn't gone on yet, but uh, we tried to barter a little bit and exchange this humongous bag of popcorn for, like, a free ride on the Thunderbolt, and it was, like, getting so close. Like, the guy was, like, just, like, looking around, making sure everything was okay, and then, like, some supervisor or boss came in, and we couldn't do it. But it was maybe for the best because that led to us having a garbage bag full of popcorn on the train, which I'm sure was pretty funny. Yeah. And then later that night, Milo and James slept over in my house, and I had this little mini hoop in my room. Sure. But my room is like at the one end of the hallway, and the other end of the hallway is my parents' room. And I'm sure you know mini hoops. They can be pretty loud, and especially with like 13-year-old boys playing with it. It could be a little noxious. And then so they would always shoot, and they would make a huge sound, and I'd be like, guys, that's too loud. You can't do it. And then they'd keep doing it, but being, like, really silent. And then, like, this tiniest sound, I'd be like, guys, it's too loud. You can't do it. And then so for years after that, they would just, like, Milo and James, out of nowhere, would be like, guys, stop. It's too loud. You just can't do it. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I have a couple of questions, if you don't mind. Are you telling me that Milo danced on top of the dugout? At a Brooklyn Cyclones game? Well, I cannot tell you specifically that he was moving his body, but <laughs> we were all dancing. I'm sure even though Milo was who he was, just like the vibes of being invited onto the dugout by the cheerleaders at 
MCU park right. on like a summer evening. I think that definitely overrode Milo's reluctancy to dance yeah, a little bit. That's awesome. That's great. And, and for those out there who may not know just sort of the geography, Coney Island is in Brooklyn. It's a famous amusement park, but it's also a neighborhood. And the neighborhood houses, the neighborhood of Coney Island houses both the famous amusement park, the iconic amusement park, and as Matt told us, the uh, high A franchise for the New York Mets, the Brooklyn Cyclones. Let's go Mets. <laughs> right. Well, one thing you and Milo disagreed on was the baseball team oh, you're rooting for. Milo yeah, is always a, a Yankee of... fan, and Matt is a fanatic Mets fan. There's a lot of great stuff to talk about there. One thing that we always joked about was that, uh, like, we joked about how because Milo, he was he's obviously like a diehard sport like for all his teams, but he was also like. I don't know, like, rational, like, to a fault. Like, he wouldn't, like... Like, most fans, I'm sure, are, like, willing to admit that they're biased towards their own teams, but not Milo, like, not at all. <laughs> like, I'd always be trying to get him... Like, obviously, the Jets weren't, like, exciting until, like, right now, arguably. Right. But uh, I'd always, like, talk about something with the Jets, and then, like, he'd, like, like trying to, like, inspire hope, and then, like, he'd just shoot me, like, one of those looks that, like nah man like it's not gonna happen I don't know why you still have hope and like that's that's valid but uh um yeah but speaking on baseball he was a Yankee fan and we were all Mets fans but the friend group was like pretty decided uh uh divided but I think it was leaning a little more Mets and so we always had like an understanding of like how like the at least the Mets fans did how the Yankees were like I don't know like sort of evil and like the bad guys (laughs) in like a elementary setting but uh uh, and then so, but m- whenever we said that to Milo, like, he wouldn't, like, disagree with it because there's definitely, like, some truth to that. Like, they always win. They're sort of, like, the bad guys, the ones everyone wants to go get. And then so we always joked that he was, like, a, I don't know how we would phrase it. Either a Yankee fan trapped, no, a Met fan trapped in a Yankee fan body because right. he right. had all, like, the characteristics of, like, the sort of underdog, like, good guy sort of thing that we all associated with the Mets. And then, like, we'd say that to him and he didn't, like, he sort of just gave us, like, a slight, like, nod of approval even though, like... He'd never, like, outright say it. But, yeah. And then even the Nets-Knicks arguments, those actually probably got the most heated because it was around the time where the Nets stole the Knicks, Katie and Kyrie. Right. They belong to the Knicks. You know, Matt, do you have time to stick around for another episode? I hope you do. Um, We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and continue to talk to Matt because there's lots more to talk about. I want to thank everybody for listening, but please do stick around for another episode of Milo Time with, again, a person that Milo loved, Matt Viscardi. Please stay around and uh, stick around for the next episode. Thanks. Thanks.